Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. We're going to look at um, just a recap of the four grounds uh, and to move into the area of the fourth one, which is probably the most important to us, and that is the harvest ground. And I know that's what we want in our lives in, in essence of issues and things that we're wanting change in, things we want to have better, marriages, relationships, jobs, you name it, a better dog, I don't care, whatever it is, we, you, you want harvest, amen? So there are certain things that, that we need to do to make sure that uh, we are in that type of ground. So let's recap on uh, the different types of ground, or shall we say the different types of hearts. And the Luke 8, 11 says this, the seed is the word of God. Everybody say, the seed is the word of God. Say it again. The seed is the word of God. Now, Jesus is uh, giving the full understanding to his disciples as far as this parable of the sower sows the word. Now, what we're doing is, is we're, you know, looking at Scripture and we're looking at his instruction to his disciples as far as what this spiritual truth means. This spiritual truth is so vital, he made mention of this truth as the most important parable, the most important instruction that you can understand. And now he wasn't saying it was the, as far as the only one, he was saying this one is the basis or the foundation for all the other ones. So this isn't about, you know, you pass this one up, go to graduate to the second one. This is about foundational truths, and that is the key to your success in life. You have to learn the foundations. If anybody's played any type of sports in here at all, you understand that you lose most of the time because you quit doing the foundation principles. You stop doing the small things. And what happens is you're always going to end up losing. Always. It's not sometimes, it's all the times. You have to continually do the fundamentals. And that's important in life to understand that, the fundamentals. Amen? So here we go with the hard ground. The hard ground is the seed can't enter the heart. It lays on top of the ground, and we've seen how the enemy comes and steals the word of God, steals the seed right away. He says, immediately. Everybody say, immediately. Say, get out of this room, devil. Okay, then don't let it sit on top, and he won't come in. Right? Some of you got scared right now. What, is he going to come in here? If you leave that seed on top of our ground, he's going to come take it. He's going to take it right from you, and you're not going to be able to benefit from that, okay? So Jesus said, listen, guys, this is what this means. The sower sows the word, which is the word of God. When that word goes forth, it can land on a hard heart. Immediately, the enemy comes in and steals it. Now, interesting that he comes immediately to take it. Now, think about that. What's the big deal about leaving? It's not in the ground. It's on top of the ground. Y'all know until it's planted, it ain't going to grow. So what's the big deal? You ever thought about that? Why? 
Why, why, why is it an issue? Why would the devil come immediately to take that seed? He's not a sparrow. Oh, you didn't get that. You all looking at me like I'm like a weirdo or something. You know, you plant seed on the ground, the sparrows come. They all come. The doves come. They all come and take every seed that's laying around. If, if they can get to it, they're going to take it. And that's how those birds operate. I know the birds, you know, in, in the Phoenix general area do. Uh, maybe not where you live. Maybe Buckeye, they, they, they help you plant. I don't know. Y'all looking at me like, what? Huh? But the thing is, is that immediately those birds come in. Now think about this. Why would the devil immediately come in? You know the devil has no fear of you whatsoever. And he's not after you at all. At all. You know what the problem is? He has fear of the word of God in you. Oh, you can have it, but if you're not doing anything with it, it doesn't produce any fear. He's not concerned about it. But it's when that seed's able to get in and germinate in good ground, is it scares them to death, which ultimately he will die. Ultimately, that's the end result. But he doesn't want that thing even on you. And that's why he comes immediately because it's filled with so much power. Isn't that interesting? Power is in that seed. And that power produces fear in him. And so instead of it just sitting on top of your hard heart, he comes in and goes, I don't want to take a chance. I don't want there even to be an opportunity. You, you get, you know, you, you got this hard head, hard heart, and you're like going, uh, whatever. What time's lunch? And then all of a sudden you walk out, and then one of your, one of your friends that really cares about you says, wasn't that word good? Well, it was, no, I'm telling you, it impacted my life. And I know, I, I know it could have done something for you. If you just, did you hear what he said? And all of a sudden you're like going, what, what, what did he say? And because the seed wasn't taken, all of a sudden there's an opportunity for it to get dropped down in there. So the enemy doesn't want that chance. So he comes in and takes it right away. So that's the hard ground. The second ground is the rocky ground. The seed enters the soil, but the problem is there's a lot of rocks in there. A lot of rocks, a lot of hard ground. And so when that seed starts to germinate, the roots start growing because that's what seed does. And the roots start growing, but they're limited by the rock. Maturity demands deep growth of roots. That's maturity, deep growth of roots. The rocks hinder that. And so what we read is, is the rock, the, the, the word is received with joy. Everybody say with joy. Now notice, that's placed in this. This type of ground, it's received with an emotion. How many times have you heard God's word and went, whoo-hoo, yeah, and got all excited about it? Now, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But the problem is, is the ones that are excited about it, but you're not mature. Now, remember, this is something I consistently say, and I've been saying this since the beginning of this church, and that is this. When it comes to life, you're not just one part life. You have many parts of life. Many areas of life you deal with. Some you are a champion in, others you loser. 
But that's what life's about. You have areas you're strong, areas you're weak in, areas you're mediocre. You are, you, listen, this is who you are as a person. And what we do religiously is we look at the bad and we throw you away. They look, you're bad, that bad, 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 right there. There it is, I found it. And so that one bad apple spoils a whole bunch, girl. Okay, it does. And so we throw it all out. Instead of going, yeah, I know it's bad, and I know you screwed up there, but man, over here, you're pretty awesome. You're pretty awesome over here. And by doing that, we're able to fix the bad because we're looking at our good and realizing, you know what? I can do some good. I can do some good. How many times have you looked at yourself and said, you know what? I, I, I'm doing good. I'm doing okay. It's, it's, it's rare, isn't it? Most of the time, we're amplifying the negative, amplifying the wrong, amplifying the issue, amplifying the sin, amplifying the fall. We amplify it and amplify it, and I'm so stupid, and I'm just an idiot, and I just screw up, and I continually do it, and I want change, but I'm so dumb, and, I, and we, boom, 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 boom. It ain't going to happen. Change is not going to happen. You're not going to stop. No matter how sad you are, no matter how upset you are, no matter how angry you are, you're not going to stop. No matter how many times you pray about it, it's not going to stop. It only stops when you stop. But see, the, use common sense. What creates stoppage in action? Thought. When you have no thought, there will be no action. Period. So what do we need to do? Well, what is this issue you need to fix in or help in? Well, you need to learn how to, what Romans 12, 2 says, renew the mind. People don't like hearing this. You know why? Because because of the difficulty in their lives, they believe the answer must be difficult. I'm, I'm sorry. It's not. It's not at all. I've said this so many times, so different people, especially when men, I just got, I'm so angry, I'm angry all the time. I need help. I need, usually it's I need prayer or exorcism. That's what they're asking for. But, and, and, and it is, it's, it's an issue. And I go, quit thinking angry thoughts. And they get offended at me. How dare you? You should be prescribing me some subscript, some medicine. You should be, this should take six months to at least, at least dig down deep of why it's there. No, it isn't. Quit thinking angry thoughts. If you quit thinking, and, and the problem is we don't want to believe we're in control. We want to assume that they just come. I have no control. That is such a cop-out. You just don't want to take responsibility. Did an issue or, 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 or some circumstance you're in create that? Yeah, it certainly did. But the ability for it to continue to live on is all on you, buddy. All on you. All on you, Missy. Yeah, I get it. You are hurt. Understand, no one's making light of that. But if this was 30 years ago, and you still have marriage issues because of it. Or you still have relationship issues because of it. That's, that's you. You're empowering the villain. Change this. You have to. It's, it's the right thing to do. 
No one wants to see, well, hopefully we don't see people hurt or living in pain. And I'm not talking about, you know, your mom just died last week. I'm not talking about that. And you all know that. We're talking about the pain of something that, that is from something in your past. You have to control your life, and it's done through controlling your thoughts. Take every thought captive. We don't have to do that in the sense of, okay, what's thought? Next thought, okay. Well, I don't know. If I, stop, next thought. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about the ability to control your life, that you're in control that you're the authority of your life. And when a thought comes that's not supposed to be there or a thought comes that's, that's um, attacking your other thoughts or it's a foreign thought, something out of the blue, when you're spacing off, unservice, of course, right? And you take that thought captive, Amen. That's how you're supposed to live our lives. So it says here, you hear the word with joy. They have no root and only last for a short time. Why? Because emotionalism is immaturity. In a Christian walk, if you hear emotionally, it's because you're immature. Don't look at it as a negative. I was there. Everybody was there. I remember my first years of being a Christian, man. Everything was, <laughs> and oh, man, would I go through all kinds of hell. But it was so emotional, every single thing I heard. And I didn't have a clue what most of the time I was hearing. I didn't. But it was so emotional. It sounded so good. What? I can have anything. I What? What? I'll be rich. It, it, it's just, what? What? I can move mountains? What? I cast out devils? <laughs> I didn't have a clue. So what would happen? If, if some demon-possessed person came up me in the parking lot, I'd run away screaming. Why? Because I didn't have the maturity. It, the, the seed stopped in its ability to grow because it was an emotional reception. It was something not grounded, but there was rocks in there, the emotional rocks. And we can carry those sometimes, especially when we want an answer so bad. Amen? But what does the Bible say? We need to grow, mature. Quit looking for a quick fix. Listen, this isn't lottery Christianity. This is something where it's, it's, it's wonderful to think about it this way, but it's a journey. You're not going to win every time. You're not going to lose every time. There's going to be battles. There's going to be pressures. But our life is to keep moving forward. Ultimately, we will win. Ultimately, we will win. I love the scripture where it says we're, we're pressed on all sides. We're pressed on all sides, but not crushed. That's a beautiful scripture. That's something, when I received that revelation of, it's helped me through so many times where I was pressured on all sides, but it couldn't crush me. I couldn't get crushed. Oh, I had the pressure. I could feel the pressure and, and the mind games of the enemy coming in all different directions, but it never crushed me because I believed that word. So I could be under that, I can be pressured, I can be under that force, 
But if you saw me, there's no way in the world you'd say, oh, he lost, he's over with, he's done with. You would never say that about me. Why? Because I'm not crushed. Oh, I got the pressure, but I'm not crushed. Amen? Is that you? Am I talking about you right now? I hope so. I hope so. So we got to understand that Ruth grew, growth, <laughs> root growth, root growth is determin determination by maturity. More mature you are in an area, the deeper the root grows. Amen? The more mature, the deeper. That means what happens? Those strong areas, when you have pressures, you overcome them quickly, don't you? Or those strong areas, you act on them quickly, don't you? But there are other areas, what? You drag your feet. Oh, I want to. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? So that's, it's okay. What we have to do is we have to grow up in those areas. And it doesn't happen overnight. Young Christians, you got to thank God you're in this church. Because I didn't get this revelation. I, I, I was at the church that said, oh, you've been saved a week, you should know. You say the week? What do you mean you don't know the whole Bible? I mean, it's ridiculous the presumption that many Christians live by when it has to do with Christianese, church. It's a joke. Instead of us being a family and understanding the common sense picture of a family, you got some little babies, you got toddlers, and you got a whole bunch of rebellious teenagers. And you have some maturity and some, you know, you know, you got the different levels. But the thing is, is that's, that's life. That's life in general. So let's never forget that. The third ground is we have the weed-filled ground. The seed enters, but it's choked out. Everybody say choked out. Interesting picture here because it says, and there were some seeds that were sown amongst the weeds. With the weeds. Everybody say with the weeds. Okay, so here's an issue that we have to look at for the sake of what I believe is a lot of instability in Christians' lives right here. And the reason why is because the effect. The effect is, is it affects the growth, the growth of what the seed planted by a choice that you're making that's anti or against the seed planted, the, the word planted in your heart. So you get the word planted, God's will for you, and then you got the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches. You have them, and it says it chokes the word. Now you're thinking, why, why would that have more power? It doesn't have more power. It's you give it room, which equals power. See, ultimately, you know what this is talking about? A double-minded person. 100%. You know what James says about someone that's double-minded? You're unstable in all your ways. This is something, Christians, we want to just pass the scriptures up. These ones right here. We don't want to look at this one. We want to get to, give me something that shows how spiritual I am. This is an area where we all need to pay attention to because that double-mindedness can rob you in your life, rob you in other areas. That's not fair. It can cause you to lose in a place where you're strong. 
all because of double-mindedness. You will start to do things because of double-mindedness that robs you of successes only because you're amplifying failure in the area of being double-minded. That's the only reason why. It's not that they go away or they're not there anymore. It's your feeling and how you emotionally are tied to your failures because of they're contradicting what you know is the right thing to do. That warfare, that spirit against the flesh fight. And so that double-mindedness robs you. And there are different things that trigger us into losing out this, losing this battle. So we have to recognize that. Pay attention. Don't allow yourself to be deceived. And the deception comes from you hearing the word of God, but just pushing it aside because you want to do the other thing more. But I'd rather do this. And that's the complication of your life. You're going to be in a miserable state. I'm talking about being a follower of Jesus. When you're following Jesus, when you have this relationship, you're literally denying him. You're denying this relationship for the sake of the world. And you already know that stuff is going to eat your lunch. Riches and the, the pursuit of that. You can't show me how better it is at all. Because I can show you a list of people, a, a statistic showing you all these rich, wealthy actors and actresses and musicians and sports players that have more money than we could ever imagine. And they got drug issues and drug problems. They can't stay married. And they have so many issues. How come money didn't fix it? How come all that money didn't make things better? Why? So you can't answer that. Then why would you pursue that as that's the answer? It isn't the answer. It's going to destroy you. It'll destroy you. Don't think that's going to help you. That's when money has you. If you have to pursue it, it has you. Listen, I'm not talking about making money through a job or making bonuses or getting increases. That's not talking, that's not pursuing. That's, that's fruit from you doing your job. Fruit from you being faithful. Fruit from you doing what you know to do. That's good. That's fruit. But when you're running after it and you start checking off areas of scripture, checking off areas of, of what a, a, a person that loves Jesus starts doing to move it off the side and go, you know what, I'm not, that's not for me today. You know, I, I used to come on Sundays all the time. I, 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 I got this sale. I got this for me. I got to do this. I got to do that. And, and, and some people, you come to church, you were leaning in. Now you're checking emails. Did it come? Did it? Is it there? Is it there? On, on Sunday, for this hour, you're so consumed. That's a money issue. You got a money problem, boy. Girl, money problem. If you can't, listen, it's ridiculous what happens when people are chasing after that stuff. And the Bible says, what about money? It doesn't say something good about it. It says it's a root of all kinds of evil. I'd say that's a dangerous position 
if it has control over my life. Dangerous. I could give you a list of people that I've seen chase money and show you all the danger that has happened in destroyed lives, destroyed families, and destroyed marriages. I could give you lists and lists and lists. And you think, why would you have so many lists of people like that? I know, isn't that sad? Why would I? I don't have one, but I'm saying, <laughs> why, why could I, though? As a, as, as a pastor in the kingdom of God, in the ministry for 35, whatever, 38 years? Why could I have a list of hundreds of people that chased after money and destroyed their lives? I shouldn't be able to. I should be able to look back and go, God, I can't think of very many. Man, it's been so long. But you know what? It hasn't been so long. I wish I could say it hasn't been months, but it has been months. wish. That's the sad place of a pastor or a spiritual dad is to think, see things like that happen and know you can't do anything about it. Nothing. Nothing. When you understand the Bible, you understand the ability for help. And help will never come from a pastor that has to chase something. Never. It's unbiblical. It's on God. And so many Christians believe that pastor has to chase you when you have an issue, chase you when you have a problem. That is so untrue in the natural and the spiritual. Everything about wisdom, everything about counsel is sought after. You got a problem and I don't know about it? You're an idiot to think I'm supposed to be caring about you and calling you. And I've had people leave the church because of that. I'm like going, I didn't know you had an issue, dude. Well, you should have known. Why? Because you and your buddies gossip and you think that's what life's about? Not around my, my, my atmosphere ain't filled with gossip. My friends are a bunch of gossipers, so I ain't gonna hear nothing about you. You got an issue? You need help? Then come, let's talk about it. But being a sissy girl. ridiculous people. You got an issue, you talk. That's it. I'll tell you when you can say, pastor, don't care. When you come up to me and you, get, you tell me your problem, I go, I don't care. <laughs> there, there, there it is. Then you can go, pastor, Dan, don't care. He's a mean pastor. But they ain't one, one person, one person in my whole entire life as a believer, as a Jesus follower, as a pastor, can sit there and in, before an oath and say, this is the truth before God. He doesn't care. He doesn't want to know. And he doesn't have any desire to help me. Now you've been talking to uh, uh, Betty Bupa. That's nothing but a troublemaker. And you think she has truth. She don't know nothing. I'm glad there's no Betty Boopa in our church. We have a Betty, though. Is anybody named Betty? I'm sure there's a Betty out there, and I'm not talking about you unless your last name's Boopa. <laughs> so the ground is choked out by these other things. 
all right? And you don't, want, you don't want to lose your harvest, all right? Let's get to the fourth ground. Good ground. Oh, my gosh. You know, the good ground is so amazing because it, it's everything what God is. God starts this whole thing off, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good. Nothing about God is bad. Everything about God is good. God is a good God all the time. Dios es bueno. Listen to all these gringos. See, that's about this church. I'm only going to have maybe one or two go, toe, tempo, time old. In our church, that's why how in the world can you not have salsa? <laughs> We had salsa in the last men's breakfast, by the way. It was all good, all good. Amen. But the one before that, it was like, what, we turn into a bunch of gringos? Because well, I, I don't, maybe two white guys in there, me and another guy. I can't even, see, you out there, you don't know me. In here, they know me. Even my boys aren't white, they're half Mexican. So it's like, it's just, you know, I'm the only gringo in this church now, yes. But I've been, I, listen, I've been Mexanized. You know, when, if you would know my family history and everything about my life as far as if you had a video recording of it, this is me. My, my two best friends were black and Mexican. My, I mean, growing up. To best friends my whole life. So I've been in this life of, I don't see this prejudice that everybody sees. Do I know it's there? Of course I do. Have I heard it? Have I seen it out there? Of course I have. I mean, I've had to tag some people real hard, knock them down to the ground when they mess with my friend, called him Kunta one time. At the roots, called him Kunta, and I went, Paya, and busted him down. Got kicked out of school for a couple days, but that's okay. You ain't going to call my, that's my best friend. That's my life. And that's the fruit I've had ever since we started this church. So you ought to be blessed and glad and happy that you belong to a church that's like heaven. We ain't all one color here. And there's more than one gringo here, a white person. I'm just saying, you know, we got, we got, we got like four of us. <laughs> But we're bad, so don't mess with us. <laughs> so, but I mean, it's all good. All good. Amen. I'm not jealous. Why would I be? Amen. So God's will for us is abundant life, multiplication. Mark chapter 4, verse 20. But these are ones sown on good ground. They hear the word, accept it. They hear the word, accept it. Bear fruit, 30, 60, 100. Hear the word, accept it, bear fruit, 30, 60, 100. See, I look at that, and I don't see nothing negative on that. I see, other than if you're a winner, you're like going, well, I don't want 30. I'm going to get to 100. 100's winning. But 30, I'll take 30 multiplication. I'll take 60 multiplication. What is this literally saying? It's saying this. When you're in God's will, when you're doing this thing, and you're walking in this thing, you will multiply. It will multiply. It will multiply. Is that awesome? 
I love that. I love that. You might be thinking, well, I'm needing help here, and we want this and my marriage and my family and this and this. What are you doing about it? Because I can tell you what the, the main issue right now is, is this. Yeah, man, this is wrong. This really sucks, and this marriage is terrible. And you want good harvest. You want good harvest? There's a law called cause and effect. It's a, it, it's, a, it's a spiritual and natural law, cause and effect. It's in Scripture, sowing and reaping. It is something where God literally said, uh, you're not going to make a fool out of me. Cause and effect, sowing and reaping will happen. So you can talk trash all you want, but the truth is, cause and effect, sowing and reaping will happen. Well, what does that do to me? It gets me to go, okay, this is something important. Even when God took the earth and washed it clean from something more than what you think. We think, you know, it's all because everybody was evil and bad and mean. No, it's deeper than that, but that's a whole different teaching. Whole different teaching. But it included a bloodline that was very bad that had to be wiped from this earth. So that's, again, whole different teaching. So we're not going to go there. And right now people are going, oh, please go there. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. But that, because you want to know, people go, well, why? Well, geez, you should do a flood now. Get rid of all these, you know. <laughs> and we'll just make a real big boat and, you know, fit love life in it. But the point is... <laughs> And the animals, of course, except cats. But <laughs> we'll just get rid of cats right now. And I know the cat lovers, you freak out over that. But you know what? I, I don't feel for you, so whatever. <laughs> you know? I wish I could say, you know, I understand. Or, you know, have a tender spot for you, but no, not there. Okay. And, I, and, I've, and I've looked deep, too, and it's just not there. But that could be an area of immaturity, too. <laughs> Bear fruit, 30, 60, 100. Noah, washed clean, new group, Noah and his sons. And what does God do? Makes a covenant, says this, seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. That was included in the covenant promise of, of, of earth, seed time and harvest. It will not pass as long as earth is here, seed time and harvest. Now think about that. Was he just talking about planting trees? No. This is about life. This is about everything in life is tied to seed time and harvest, cause and effect, everything. Everything. Everything in life. And if we can get hold of this, we can change a ton of stuff. Serious. I'm serious change a ton of stuff. So we've got to learn the principles of this cause and effect law. Amen? Now, let, let me read this to you. Every action has a reaction or consequence. All right? For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Science says this. Every human thought of intention, word, and action is a cause that is transmitted from you. It will set into motion unseen chain of effects which vibrate from the mental plane through the entire cellular structure of the body out into the environment, 
which in turn creates the effect, whether desired or undesired, whether good or bad. The point is, is it is all started with you. Your heart, your ground. Remember what Proverbs says? Guard your heart above everything else. If a parent came to me and said, how do I help my teenager? He's doing, you gotta teach him to guard his heart. You gotta teach her to guard her heart because that's the key, her heart. The problem was, is it's hard to teach something when you yourself have an unguarded heart. It's very difficult. It's like a mom drinking and smoking and telling their kids, don't you drink and smoke. No, I mean, it's the same exact thing, same exact picture. If you haven't guarded your heart, it's gonna be very difficult for that message to sink into a life because they see your heart's unguarded. I mean, it's in the scripture, but the importance of guarding your heart is the key. And again, if you don't guard this, if you don't protect it, and think about guarding something. Is it a nonchalant attitude? Is it haphazard? I mean, you're just like, ah, nah, nah, nah. Or guarding something, you're more aware, you're more disciplined. Wouldn't you be? Okay, th that's the issue right there is, is I'm telling you people, you're living life out there and you're just going with the flow with everything. You're not guarding your heart. You, you can't guard your heart if majority of your time every day is on Facebook or, or Instagram. I'm telling you right now, it ain't going to happen. It's impossible. And some of you that are at home all the time, you know I'm talking to you. And, and it bothers you because you want to believe that there's no issue. And that's what we all do. When, we, when, we're, when we're consumed with something, we don't want someone to interrupt that. Well, if I don't say anything, I don't love you. Just like you as a parent, if you let your kids do things you know are going to hurt them and don't say anything, you know you don't love them. But when I say it and you're an adult, it's like, get out of my business. Oh, yeah. But that's a religious attitude. You don't know what family's about when it comes to this. It's not to make you feel bad. That's you doing that. It's to make you aware that there probably is a problem. You want to see it or not, that's on you. My point is, is I'm going to bring it up, and that's it. Now it's your job. But it, it, it affects people in a major way, especially when it comes to relationships, marriages, families. I'm telling you, it's a big deal. Don't think there's not no evil agenda out there with these companies because there is all i'm saying is is i want you healthy whole strong powerful i don't want you to succumb to the enemy and his tactics to pull you away through deception in these fake stuff and who the heck cares if you had waffles this morning waffles Actually, I do. I'm on a cleanse, and I'd even like to hear about it tasted. <laughs> My boys, well, I'm on this cleanse, and um, 
it's something that I, I just knew I needed to do, and it's a seven-week cleanse. And it's, it's a violent one, actually, um, very violent to the body. Um, but it, it's really doing an amazing thing. I've, in four days, I've lost, I checked again, eight pounds in four days. And I'm, I'm talking about bad stuff that needed to get out of my body. But um, my boys aren't on this cleanse. And Pastor Lau's on it with me, but she seems to think that, you know, take, going to Phil Roberto's and getting burritos is just a, not a big deal. <laughs> just not a big deal. What the heck? You know, it's just big old fat, sloppy burritos. Brings those things home, and I'm thinking, and I'm sucking down this 12 o'clock juice. And I'm looking at them, and I go, guys, can you... Tell me what it tastes like. <laughs> I mean, go ahead. Really share with me the, the feeling in your mouth right now. So I only got a few more days, but it, it, it's, it, it's been great. But, man, I'm telling you, the temptation and the smell and everything, it's been more than once where I'm, like, going, just eat a taco, man. Just eat something. Eat a part of their pizza. I don't know. My boys eat lunch in my office. So there are times when I'm like going, they're not around. The food's there. Just, just one of those Chick-fil-A fries. What's that going to do? Now, I'm not a legalistic person, but I know that one fry ain't going to be just one. I'm going to eat like five of them. And they're going to come in and go, man, Chick-fil-A ripped me off. And I go, those stinking Chick-fil-A people. They take your money and give you half fries. We won't ever go there again. <laughs> Either way, the point is, is I want you living the best life. In everything you do, living the best life. So there are going to be times I might step on your toe. Believe me, I come out here with bruised toes. I, get, I step on my toes all the time. Everything I'm learning, everything I'm, I'm going over and over and making sure this is the right word for us today. It's step on, step on, step on, step on. And listen, if I really could come out the way I feel, you know, emotionally from all this word, I'd come out like, a <laughs> all right, let's receive the word today. All my feet hurt so much. So just so you know that, I, I, I get spanked all the time. But the word says, whom God loves, he corrects. He spanketh. And no, he doesn't do it by a car wreck or a disease. That's so demonic, religious concept. It's so ugly and anti-God and anti-scripture. He does it through the word of God. And when you're a believer and you're reading something and it goes, Ouch. It's a spanky. Amen. And it's also a warning. That's it. God's saying, hey, let's change it. Let's fix it. All right? So we got to remember the definition of this cause and effect. Because what we're doing is, is we're creating cause and having effects that we don't want. We don't want the effect. We don't want this harvest. And the issue is this, we're all doing the same cause. 
Now, I'm not saying we're all doing the same cause, but we're all doing a cause, and we're continually doing the cause, and we're having this negative effect. And then we're like going, I don't want this negative effect. And I shouldn't have this negative effect. And you know what definition that is? Insanity. You do the same thing over and over and over, but expect different results. That's in, that's, you're insane. And you don't know how many Christians think that way. That's sad. We need to look at ourselves and go, I don't want these effects, and those effects are because I keep doing it over and over and over. And then you're on the, you're, you're on the road to being able to get helped, being able to have change, because you're recognizing, yeah, this is on me. This is all on me. Amen? 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 12 says this. But remember this, if you give little, you get little. This New Living Translation. A farmer plants just a few seeds will get only a small crop. But if he plants much, he will reap much. Isn't that common sense? If I buy a packet of corn and plant that corn, that's the amount multiplied I'm going to get. But if I get three packs of corn and plant three packs of corn, what's going to happen? I multiplied it greatly than the one pack of corn. Everybody understand that? And we all go, yes, amen, hallelujah, very spiritual pastor. Exactly, but that's what God's word saying right now to us. Is there an area you need some mega reaping in? Then you're going to have to do some mega sowing in. Not just, oh, here's a seed, let's throw that in. Okay, everything will be better now. That ain't going to work that way. You're going to have to recognize responsibility to go, what is an area that you're having much difficulty, a lot of combat going on in this area? Then you've got to find some seeds and start sowing those seeds of harvest that are different than this. I'm telling you, this is all through the Bible. Remember, God established it in the beginning, in the very beginning, multiplication to everything, producing after its own kind, everything, everything, everything on this earth produces after its own kind. A dog, a dog, apple tree, an apple tree, an orange, an orange, a cat, a cat. Are you hearing me? Human, human. Nothing can produce outside of those lines. That's a God-given law. Can't be broken. Cannot be broken. All right? Can't be broken. Everything produces after its own kind. What is the area of need you have? Find the seed that lines up to that. If it's financial need, you can't be planting joy seeds. <laughs> that ain't gonna create that. That ain't gonna help that. It's gonna help the area where you might be sad in, but it ain't gonna help that. The, the financial area. Why? Because you've got to meet that need with the seed that correlates to it specifically. In the natural, we all agree. We get into church. We're like, oh, nah, don't work that way. Nah. That's what religion wants you to believe, to rob you from the word of God working in your life. People think, well, why do you say religion like Because Jesus did and attacked Jesus all the time. And for three and a half years, that's all that came against him is religion. So why would I not 
make mention of that. It's the same culprit. It's the same demons. It's the same attacks. Exactly. So I'm going to communicate that way because I read the scripture and I'm not creating a new gospel or a new Bible. Everybody get that? <laughs> I'm going to do this one. This one works for me. I don't need a second type. This one's just, this is fine. So we have to understand that until the seed is planted, nothing's going to happen. Wish, want, pray, scream, fast. You don't plant a seed, nothing's going to happen. I made a choice. I want to change. I want to fix in this area. And I started doing something to fix this area. I started getting faithful in an area of exercise. And I, I was going beyond, beyond. I thought, you know what? Too many times I put this off. For too many years, I'm going to get in the position of what's going to produce harvest. And so I got aggressive. And I said, this is what I'm going to do. And I started doing it. But see, it, 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 multiplication in wisdom doesn't stop. It's not this one little thing. God's wisdom amplifies itself. And so all of a sudden I started realizing, okay, this is working. This is, I'm seeing results. Now I need to get this area fixed. Do this now. That's what brought in the cleanse thing. And so I'm, I'm not just working in one area. I'm working in many other areas. Why? Because that's what God's about. He's like going, oh, it, we're not talking about this little thing. I want this whole thing. I don't want a little bite of enchilada. I want the whole thing, the whole enchilada. I'm going to bring food in this. Thank you, Jesus. So we look at this, we recognize, okay, I have responsibility, responsibility on this. Amen? Don't be deceived. God is not mocked, made a fool of. Whatever person sows, that they will reap. Whatever person sows, that they will reap. God is not mocked on that. He's saying, listen, it's truth. It's going to work. Let me give you seven keys to a 30, 60, 100 life. Seven keys to a 30, 60, 100 life. Key number one, everything starts with a seed, good or bad. Oh, my gosh. That sucks, huh? Everything starts with a seed, good or bad. Cause and effect, good or bad. If I'm doing bad cause, effect, bad. Good cause, effect, good. Everybody see that? So bad, reap bad. So good, reap good. Number two, key two. The type of ground is everything in life. Oh, there it is. Proverbs 4.23. Just if anybody want to know, that's where it's at. I knew I had it in there something, somewhere. The type of ground is everything in life. Your heart is the key. And Proverbs 4, 23, guard your heart more than anything else because the source of your life flows from it. Guard your heart above everything else. Guard your heart above everything else. Man, if I could give one truth to a teen and it stick, that would be it. That one right there. Guard your heart above everything else. I've seen so many teens, so many young people lose everything because they didn't know how to guard their heart. So they give themselves over to people, they give up, they quit, they get into all kinds of messes, same as me, same as you, early on. But I didn't have someone teach me how to guard my heart. My heart was like, ah, all over the place. I didn't, I didn't have this information. And the sad thing to say is a lot of these comments I'm making are Christian teens that live like the world and, and lose in virginity, just messed up 
because they didn't know how to guard their heart. You know why? Because their parents couldn't. And I'm not trying to put a heavy weight on you parents. I'm just telling you, it's the truth of what parenting's about. You can't skate through parenting. It's a job, and it's not an easy one. Now, if you had two boys like me, you'd understand that. Yeah, it's work. But it's a blessed work. It's an awesome work. I, would, I, I w- wouldn't change it for the world. But there's a responsibility. And if you think it's just going to work and paying bills and, you know, later they get older, you're going to realize, man, they got older and you don't even know. Everything about them is different. What did you not do? That's the problem. Can we make a list? The thing is, is you, you, you can't wait. Start when they're born. And you don't stop. You don't stop. Amen. And when you see things that need to be changed, and if you got more than one, which makes it even more difficult, you deal with the one that needs the issue at the time. And you work through whatever needs to be worked through. But it's consistent, it's constant. I mean, you know what, growing up, all kinds of issues. The thing is, is this is what life throws at us. And it's a part of growing up. And Jesus said, you this and they persecute me. You're going to have persecution. Especially when you start saying, you know what? I'm going to walk this, this good life. I'm going to walk this life, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to do it. This is the right thing to do. You're going to suffer persecution. That's what the Bible says. You go to school, and you, you play in sports. You're doing something, and, and you're standing your ground on issues. They're going to hit you. They're going to attack you. They're going to laugh at you. But who cares? What? They're based on their information, not your information. So it doesn't matter what they think or feel. Who cares? You go to church. Ah. It's like, yeah, you don't. Ah. <laughs> it's like, why wouldn't you? But what, oh, no, I never told all the time. Don't hurt me. Man. Oh, I could say a lot of stuff, but I'm not going to. So it's so important to understand the ground is everything in life. Number three, key three. Everything produces after its own kind. Everything produces after its own kind. I just said that. Key number four, you will always reap more than you sow. That sucks, huh? Because we talk about good and bad. It's like, what? That's not right. Did a little bad. Multiplication. Multiplication. Amen. I, it's just the truth and, you know, yuck, huh? Key number five, you can increase the harvest by planting more seeds. Is that awesome? Plant more seeds. I want to better this. I want to better, I want to be a better husband, better wife, better. Plant more seeds. Plant more seeds. Plant more seeds. Plant more seeds. Amen. Just plant more seeds. Key number seven. I mean key number six. Plant nothing, get nothing. Truth. Plant nothing, get nothing. So if that's the life you're looking for, nothing, don't plant anything. Right? Key number seven. The law of cause and effect must also always, always be observed. Always remember. It's in operation. Cause and effect. Cause and effect. To be guaranteed in success in life, in this good ground position, 
is an understanding of something very important. Okay, there's this, the seven keys are vital in the understanding of how this, this whole process of good ground operates. You see, it's an action, it's a choice, it's a will that we have to do to get this production going, right? The Bible says, a good heart produces good, a bad heart produces bad. Period. Very simple, amen? I like, years ago when I first heard that, it was so, I felt defeated. And I heard the scripture and everything, and it just was a defeating feeling because you're thinking, I'm a bad person. I do bad, I'm bad. And I remember this. And then a few years later, this pastor, man, this guy taught it good. And it really impacted me because what he did is he taught that scripture with the scripture. And he said this, a good heart proves good and the bad heart proves bad. And then further in the scripture it says this, change what you put in it. In other words, make, if, if you're not wanting the production, change. And I felt like that was so freeing because I felt like I was stuck on bad and it couldn't be changed. But God is always telling you there's always opportunity for change, always, always. When it comes to good ground, I really look at what is a natural principle for being in our natural lives without church and everything else. What's a natural principle of success in the church or as a follower of Jesus? These two are gonna be exactly the same. And so what is the process Good ground is what? Receiving the word of God, right? The word of God is received, accepted, and then acted upon. What's the dilemma? What's the issue? What's the setback? What's the blockage? It's the ability to receive the word of God. So let's change the word of God into instruction, information, okay? So I process and I go, what is the most important principle in natural life, spiritual life, about instruction. One word. Reputation. Reputation. That's it. We all learn by repetition. Everybody on the planet Earth. You don't get taught one plus one equals two, and that's it. End it, and we're done. You go, and you go over it, and over it, and over it, and over it. And even when you know it, you still go over it. Being a pastor in church for so many years, you hear religious people love to see that. They love to say this. It's just because the Bible, they don't really get, but they love to say, we need to hear something new. We hear this thing over and over. And that's a religious person. And I know when they say that, they, they, think, they think they're being spiritual, but the common itself is tied in scripture as being a religious person. And I know people have this tendency to believe that maturity is saying, give me something new. You do understand we have one Bible. Ephesians has never changed. Philippians never changed. So according to scripture, which I will show you, it's not only important, it's mandatory for you to be good ground. It's amazing for me to hear people that say, can we hear something different? And I look at the fruit of their lives and it's a wreck. And I'm thinking, dude, dude, 
you need to be careful in what you're saying because you need to look at your life and your, your kids and your, the, the, it's, it's a train wreck. So how, do you, how can you judge or dictate that it's based upon, I need to teach you on the third level of heaven because it's new. Let me show you in scripture. Y'all ready for this? Marketing rule number seven, marketing rule seven is, is a person needs to hear something seven times to be able to start receiving it. Seven different contexts. That's, that's people putting literally multi-millions of dollars into studies to find out how can I sell you this product. They understand you, a, a human being has to be, have repetition for them to go in the direction of purchase. Many, many, many times. Microsoft did a study. It was six to 20 times for them to listen and receive something. Now pay attention, okay? This is a natural truth. Now listen to this. 2 Peter 1 verse 12. For this reason, I will not be negligent. Negligent. Ah, maleo. Ah, maleo. This important Greek word because it means careless. I don't care. I'm neglecting this. I could care less, all right? For this reason, I will not be negligent or I won't be a person that I could care less. To remind you always, hupo menasco, hupo menasco, very important word because this word remind you always means to say something over and over and over, compound word meaning that it's tied to the word forever, to say the same thing over and over and over forever. It doesn't, it doesn't even give a stop in time. Isn't that interesting? Now, what, let's keep going on this. I would not ne be neglect or careless to remind you over and over and over unceasingly of these truths. Watch this. Because what? I fill in the blank. Because I'm not a careless pastor. I'm not a negligent pastor. Because if I was, I wouldn't remind you over and over. And remind you of what? Of the present truth you already know. You already heard. We already heard Ephesians chapter 1, Pastor. Go to something else. Give us something else. All right, Ephesians 38. I'll make up one. You already know as parents, success is tied to repetition. You already know as human beings, success is tied to repetition. You already know this. But church all of a sudden become weirdos. Isn't this interesting? Here we have Peter, by God, saying, this is mandatory. He says, though you are established in the present truth, yes, I think it's right as long as I'm living on this earth, to stir you up by reminding you over and over and over and over. Isn't that interesting? I'm not done yet. 1 Timothy 4, 6. If you instruct, that means in the Greek, to teach consistently the same thing, the brethren eat these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ. I want to be a good minister of Jesus Christ. I want to be a good pastor. I want to be a good, good pastor. And these is what the scripture is saying. 
He says, you'll be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. Why? By repetition over and over and over. Oh, I'm not done yet. Oh, I'm not done yet. This is the big kicker right here. And remember, you're not going to remember anything that isn't repeated. It's impossible. To remember, we have to have things repeated over and over and over. All right. Acts 17, verse 16. Now, while Paul waited for them in Athens, his spirit provoked within him when he saw that the city was given up to over to idols, just idols everywhere. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews, with the Gentile worshipers, and in the marketplace. The marketplace is was called, actually it's called Philosopher's Square. Philosopher's Square. So he went to Philosopher's Square and even reasoned with these people. Now watch this. He did it daily as those happened to be there. Verse 18. Then a certain Epicurean, Epicureans are evolutionists in that day. They do not believe in God. What they do believe is anything goes. We don't want to believe in God because then there's a right or wrong. We don't want there to be right or wrong. Does it sound like the time we live in? There are a whole lot of Epicureans out there. That's the only reason why they don't want to believe in it because they want to do whatever they want. They know once they believe in God, there's going to be something saying, don't do that. That ain't the way to believe. No, that's crazy belief. But so they're Epicureans. Now, this is who's Paul talking to. Now, watch. This is so crazy. And the Stoics. Stoics were legalistic. I mean, strong disciplinarians. They were just like, it says this, do this. Don't, don't do this. Stop this. Do this. And just strict, strict. So you got these people like going, hey, everything's all over. Everything's free. We can do anything we want. And this group's going, no, you can't. You got to do this this way. You got to stay in this box. Don't leave the box. So you got these two groups of people. I mean, far left and far right. Crazy. All right. And that's what, that's what he's talking about. Look at this. This is crazy. And, and watch this. These philosophers were encountered by Paul. And some said to Paul, what does this babbler, what does this babbler want to say? You know what the Greek word babbler is? Sower of seeds. Isn't that interesting? What does this babbler, the sower of seeds, want to say? Ooh, Paul's got some good stuff to say because watch what he does. Others said, he seems to be proclaimer of foreign gods because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. And that is the truth. Jesus and him rising again. There ain't no better message than that. None whatsoever. Now watch this. And they took him and brought him to Areopagus. And they said, may we know what this new doctrine is of you speak? For you are bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know about what do these things mean? Now remember, these guys are all these different religious sects are right there. Now watch this. Watch what happens. This is God's word. For all the Athenians, that's all these people, and the foreigners who were with there spent their time, follow me, 
in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Teach me a new thing. I need to hear a new thing. I need to, what's a new thing? I need a new teaching, new, new, new. And what, this is what scripture shows us. And watch this. Then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, men of Athens, I perceive that you all are very religious. That's all in the Bible, people. Everything in scripture is in reference to repetition of the word of God to learn. Religious are into, I need a new thing. I need to hear a new thing. This is what I believe. I believe for me to do what I'm called to do and to care about you, you're gonna hear this word, though it's the same as you hear all the time, because it doesn't change, but I'll bring in a new way, a new picture, but it's gonna same principle. And you're gonna hear it over and over and over. And some of you are gonna get it, and you're gonna get it some more. Why? Because there isn't anything I'm teaching you that is a waste of time or something that isn't gonna bless your life or benefit your life or your families or your husband or your wife or your children. Every single thing, though you might have heard it before. I remember, man, some of you come in here and, man, you come in and go, that, that, that's so funny, man, that joke's so funny. And now you're like going, I've heard that one before. You used to love those. You used to crack up at those jokes. You used to think I was the greatest, most funniest pastor on planet Earth. And all of a sudden, you're in here for a few years, you're like going, oh, we heard that. See what I'm saying? I'm eating your lunch right now. That's what people turn into. I don't care if you've heard it before. It's funny. Laugh. Especially when it has to do with me. It's crazy. It's funny. Laugh. The point is, is Scripture is very clear. And the clearness of Scripture is this. Don't, don't go that way in your life. Hey, if you got this mega fruit in your whole life and your family and everybody's just living for Jesus and powerful and they don't have all this messed up stuff, then come talk to me and I'll change. But you know what? The truth is a truth and there ain't gonna be one person that's gonna be able to do that with me that talks that type of trash. Give me new, give me new. I need new teaching, new teaching. Not one person. Never has, never will be. The point is, is don't go that way. That's very religious. And you're sold religiously. It's probably because you're listening to a bunch of people that suck on lemons all day. That's not what life's about. Life's about the ability to take these ABCs, these one, two, threes of scripture and get it down in you to where you're not even thinking about it. It's just happening. It's just happening. And that's what we want the whole world of God to become in us. Because I don't know how many times I've taught stuff and people come to me and go, Pastor, that is awesome. I've never heard you teach that before. And I know, I can swear I've done it 30 times in the past six months. But what happened? It just came alive within them. At that point, it came alive, and they like going, they came out of robot zone and like going, God, that is great. And they're telling me like it's new, and I'm like going, dude, you've been, you, what are you checking your Instagram during church? I mean, what are you doing? But I get it, though, because I've been there, too. I've been there. We all have been there. It's not a comment of guilt. It's a comment of reality. So just because you might have heard it, there's something in there, I promise you, if you listen carefully, it's going to make pact your life. And listen, if it doesn't, 
then maybe God's just trying to get you the information secured so you can impact someone out there with this message. Because you know it so much. Then let's start seeing the fruit of all that knowledge you have. Because until that thing happens, and until you start impacting hundreds of people with that knowledge that you already know, don't be talking to me like that. Don't bring your, give me something new stuff, because that's an Epicurean. That's an Athenian. That's a person that I need to hear new, 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 new. Give me something new, 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 new. Now, we want it 30, 60, 100. We got to start putting this stuff to use, and we need to hear it over and over and over again. And I ain't tired of hearing this over and over again. I can continue to hear it over and over again because this is what I want. I want it to where it's second nature in me. I want my children to be the same way, my wife. I want all of us. Listen, we live in an age where there's all kinds of news out there. It's all over the place. Information is all over the place. And you can spend all day long listening to everybody's opinion that contradicts one another. And I mean all day. Just listen, 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 and it, it's going to be constant. You can get on religious ones. You can get on church ones. And they're just, just going to go on forever on their opinions and their beliefs. If you got to run around look for Prophet Skippy that's, you know, proclaimed that Trump's going on the second term, which they were going crazy on, or that Trump's Antichrist, I don't care. You are lost in your faith, and you need to come back home. You allow too many voices, too many wacko people out there that don't line up with your dad's voice. Too many people, I'm telling you, you have the availability for all kinds of weirdos out there. What makes it, why do you feel it's right to open yourself up to it? Those are seeds, people. Those seeds are going to land on the ground. And if you're open for it, it's going to get in your heart. Get guard in your heart. I'm telling you, there's so much stuff you've got to be very careful on. Even your kids. What are they watching? What are they listening to? And if you got your kids in public school, oh my God, pray for you. But you better be on top of the game in that. You better be on top of the game. All I'm saying is, is this life don't play fair. We need to recognize responsibility to live life, not exist in it. And that requires us to be on top of our game. Not falling back, not just going with the flow, being right up front. So I'm gonna tell you, most of the crowd is gonna go, we can't do it. The Joshua and Caleb's the two are gonna sit there going, no, it's ours, it belongs to us. That's who you're supposed to be, amen? That's who you're supposed to be. Father, we thank you for the word this morning, we thank you for your truth, and we ask you, God, to, to help us walk this thing out. We believe in your empowerment, for the truth we receive. So we open up our lives to walk this truth out and to accomplish the things that you have placed in our heart. We want the empowerment of the Holy Spirit working in tandem with our choices. So we make the right choice, right action, sow the right seed, and we will reap the right results. So Father, we thank you for that. For those that have not entered into this faith, entered into this this, this being a follower of the Jesus, it's a process of sowing seed, and the seed is the belief in Jesus. 
And when you cause, I believe in Jesus, the effect is you will be part of his family. You'll be born again. That's the cause and effect of calling on the name of Jesus. He made it very clear. Call my name, you'll be saved. If you're in here this morning, you're out there right now. Wherever, whenever you're listening to this, cause and effect. Call in the name of Jesus, you will be saved. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I call on your name. I do that because I want the effect of being a part of your family. Living forever with you. So I believe in you. I say with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord. And I thank you, Jesus, for ending in my heart. And the effect is I will live forever with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody say that prayer the first time in here? If you did, I have a special gift for you. Anybody out there? If you did, click that button. Make sure you click it. Let us know. We love you. You're blessed. Have an awesome day today. See ya. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.